in my time as an educator, I've learned a number of things. And I know that there are two things I can do that will always annoy students, and yet I continue to do them. The first is assign group work. That's a given. Not a lot of people love it. The second is to assign a very nebulous major project and give students an extreme amount of flexibility in doing it. Ironically, this creates a lot of frustration and a lot of anxiety. So in today's podcast, I want to take some time to talk about the major projects, specifically in my educational psychology class, although this is going to be applicable for pretty much every class that I teach and I assign a project like this, whether it's a portfolio project, whether it is a major work, whatever we're calling it, it always has the same parameters. Um, maybe the rubric is a little bit different. Maybe the goal is a little bit different, but the flexibility and the stress that that flexibility brings, well, that's usually always the same. So today let's dig into the major project. I will give you my thoughts on it. I will give you some ways to do it and some ways to perhaps think outside the box with it. And hopefully you'll feel a little bit better about it after we're done. Welcome to another edition of the Battling Pickle Podcast. My name is Dr. John Westfall, and you have stumbled onto a podcast feed that has a lot of different information week to week, day to day. I use this feed for all of my various classes that I teach in both psychology and first year seminar. Battling Pickle is an homage to the school that I teach at, which is Delta State University. One of our mascots is the fighting okra. And while I'm not as fierce as a fighting okra, I will battle you over a pickle. So, let's get into this whole idea of a major project. In my educational psychology class this summer, in the syllabus, I've written the goal of the major project is to allow students to explore an area of the content that they find personally connected to their career, both in the past and in future goals. This changes from class to class. Sometimes the goal is to apply material in a certain way, or it is to create something out of the material, or it's to innovate, but regardless of what the goal is, there are many different forms that you can accomplish that goal in. So in the syllabus, I further talk about the options you have. You can do a research paper. This is sort of the very traditional option. This is the option that prior to about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that would have been the only option. You're in a psychology class. I expect you to know how to conduct empirical research reviews be able to look up articles, be able to cite them appropriately in APA style, be able to unpack a research article and really dig into why it affects what you're talking about or why it's important. And these 15 to 25 page research papers would have been the only way to accomplish that goal. And so the goal of this particular project is to explore an area of content that you find personally connected to your career. I would have expected to see a paper that started off with a formal introduction that would have said, these are the areas of information in our class that I see in my past and my future for career goals. 
here's why they apply. And then I would have expected to see, you know, here's this area, here's research that shows it has a direct effect on what I wanna do, here's how I think it would integrate in, here's more research that supports that what I think is what would actually happen. And it would have just been a continual back and forth of here's what I think and I'm gonna back it up with empirical research that's peer-reviewed. So a lot of APA citations when you're saying things like this research is connected to these student outcomes and this is how I know I'm going to use it, that's how I would see you um, accomplishing that task. This is typically a pretty dry way to do it. Um, it's not all that interesting and it really, it's got its place. It is definitely a formal way of communication. It is definitely a way that we have used for a number of years in psychology and in other disciplines. And maybe it's also easy in that way because you're not reinventing the wheel. There have been a number of books and papers and everything else that talk about how you use uh, research to write a research paper. This is sort of the safe option. If you choose this option and you turn in a 15 to 25 page paper that really has good organization and logical flow and follows APA style, no problem. That's a, that's a major work. It, uh, it takes time, effort, not so much to write it, but to organize it and choose good sources. This, though, is then where I start to give people fits of worry because there are other options than the research paper. I mention a presentation, a video, a narrated PowerPoint, or a podcast of 10 to 15 minutes in length that discusses a subject area, gives appropriate references, and applies the area to your career. This is allowing you to take some of that same research information. All of these you're going to have to do research for. You're going to have to back up your assertions with empirical and peer-reviewed facts. So you aren't going to get out of research at all uh, in this project. There's going to be a research component. But this is perhaps you have an unorthodox career background or a career path or you have a number of different things you want to do in your career and you go, you know, it's really hard to write this out and make it engaging and make it interesting. I could present it so much easier. I could really get my point across. I could engage the listener or the viewer or whoever is at the other end of the, the podcast or the narrated PowerPoint or the video, or I, if I had PowerPoint, I could show this, I could use Prezi, I could use any of those things. So this is where individuals that feel more comfortable feel like there's a natural fit with that, then do the presentation. And of course, uh, every class that I offer these things in, there are times to check in with me in advance. You can always drop me an email or drop me a message on Canvas and say, hey, I, I wanna do the presentation, uh, but I've never done this before. Is this a good outline? Is this a good way to go? I'm happy to, to give you that information. Research paper and presentation, those are kind of very typical things in academia that we do. However, I also give some options that people don't think too much about. And the next one is what I call a distributable resource. Poster, brochure, lesson plan, guided activity, of sufficient depth that it fully describes the area targeted, enriches the experience of the reader and consumer, and applies the area to your career. A number of years ago, a student in a senior seminar class came to me and said, I wanna be a counselor, 
and I'm really interested in this area of therapy. I've done a lot of research on it. I think that there are ways you could apply it to this particular age group that is not commonly applied to that age group. I've got research that backs that up. What should I do for my project? And I gave her options and she said, well, could I write up a plan of implementing this and basically a workbook that you would use with children with this therapy? I would then write up a facilitator's guide that would walk the facilitator, the counselor, through how to apply this therapy. This was a student who was thinking about a useful product that you could put out in the world. And that useful product is a substantial major work. It's not as formal as a research paper. It's not just a presentation. It's a resource. Resources are incredibly powerful. You know, giving a, a public awareness message, um, posters, brochures, lesson plans, different curriculum activities, different activities in a small group. You could even say, you know what, in my career, say your career is uh, formally educating individuals in a group training setting. You know, um, I'm thinking of people like my mother-in-law who is a diabetes educator and has run diabetes education courses in nursing homes for the last several years for the staff that need to be trained every year on professional development. If she was in one of my classes, which she never would because uh, I don't think uh, she would very much enjoy having her son-in-law as a professor, uh, but that's a, a different topic. If she were in one of my classes, she might come to me and say, you know, this is my job. I give these talks every year and they're kind of, they're not really doing what I want them to do. Could I talk about how I would revamp my training and I would be able to use new resources and new references and new guidelines and all of these things and engage my audience in different ways. She might, as part of that, have a small research paper, maybe four or five pages that really talks about how the research supports what she's doing. She might have a short presentation, maybe a five minute presentation that would show it in action, kind of demo this whole thing. And then she might have a, a plan, a lesson plan or an activity that she could write up. And all of that would be fine. That would all constitute a very useful major project and it would also allow her in her career to show off something. You know, one of the best things about the major project uh, is that it's something that you could use in your future career as a product that you could show off. It's something you could show an employer. It's something you could show a prospective employer. Say, this is what I'm working on. And I've sort of alluded to the fourth option, which is a combination. There's no reason why it has to just be one of those three, a paper, a presentation, or a resource. And then finally, a different type of project with approval of the instructor. I have given this option, and it's not very often that students use it, but when they use it, they typically come up with something that I find really, really engaging and interesting. In the past, I've had students compose original works, like, uh, you know, music or poetry, and talk about how those works embody the research that they did and could be used to tell others about that research. That doesn't really fit any of the other molds, but it did the same amount of effort. It had the same amount of preparation, and I'm fine with that. I think that's a great way to give people something they aren't really expecting, give them the 
information in an engaging format. I've had individuals come up and say, um, you know, I've got this plan for a piece of software or a resource that would be electronic or a web page. Uh, if there were only a web page that had all these resources together and I tell them go create a blog account and create a blog that's got it there. Maybe a blog is your major project. You're going to create 12 or so postings that all talk about these things and put it out on the web and hopefully other people in your field will find it and they'll be able to use it. So that's where that different type of project with approval of the instructor comes into play. I think it's very important to look at what I've put in this particular syllabus at the end. Uh, this is applies to any time I do these. This is designed to be your area to shine within the course. Make the material as applicable to your own life as possible. Show me sufficient depth. Like I said, you're not going to be able to just have a nice amount of fluff and I'm not going to say, well, okay, that looks beautiful, but you've got no depth. Oh, well, I'll give you an A anyway. No, you've got to have the the empirical or peer-reviewed research that you can point to, the citations you can point to. Sometimes that means sending me the presentation and then at the end of the presentation there's a list of citations or at the end of the resource there's a citation list. You've got to have that, but I want to see what you can put together that really accomplishes the goal. And the goal in this class, like I said, is to tie all of this to your career. In Battling Pickle podcast number one, I mentioned the disconnect that people often have between what they learn in class and what they identify as a later application of that, you know, and having people come up to you and say, oh, I, I did learn that. Wow, you actually applied what I learned, and, and people are, are shocked that that is what we're trying to do. So the goal of this project is to really allow you to make those connections and tie those things together. Hopefully, this short podcast episode has, has given you something to think about. You know, the rubric for this particular assignment in summer of 2021 makes it clear that I want to see an explicit connection in the introduction of the material that ties together the material to your own career goal, focuses on intentionality. I need to see that. I also need to see a logical outline and organization. You can't just take me on a chain of thought down a path and by the time we get to the end we've taken a bunch of twists and turns you should have that organization and outline at the top of the the resource or the introduction to the powerpoint or the introduction to the paper wherever it is you need to kind of fill in your viewer reader listener consumer at the beginning of what you're going to do where you're going to go we often joke in academic writing that you tell someone here's what I'm gonna tell you remember I just told it to you now and remember or, I'm sorry it, it goes here's what I'm gonna tell you I tell it to you and then remember I just told this to you that's very true we, we often bookend an introduction and a conclusion onto our major points I also have an area in there for sufficient depth and breadth I want to make sure that you're using peer-reviewed resources and that those peer-reviewed resources are appropriate. And then finally, the application to your career and the grammar, quality of mechanics, spelling, adherence to APA style, those sorts of things. I want to make sure that this looks like uh, someone at your level put it together and that it's not just something that has been slapped together at the end. 
like I said, hopefully this gives you something to go off of. And of course, you've always got options to talk to me about it. If you've got a question that you think would be useful for other podcast listeners, I'm happy to revisit this. Um, and we can talk more about it uh, definitely through Canvas or email, all those things. And if you are a listener that's not in any of my classes and you've been listening to this, and I hope this has inspired you perhaps the next time someone gives you carte blanche and says, go off and just do that. Well, geez, how do I even do that? Well, think outside the box. Think about those resources. Think about the distributable things you could give someone. Think about web pages and blogs and apps and podcasts and all of these different ways that we have to communicate with other people. Use those. Use them to your advantage. A research paper, the classic, 15 to 25 pager, it has its place. It's not something I'm going to stop assigning anytime soon, but it's not the only way. And it often is not the most engaging way. And if the goal is to engage, if the goal is to get people to understand that there's a connection here and to be passionate about that connection, think about all of the various combinations out there. This has been an episode of the Battling Pickle podcast. As I mentioned at the top, my name is Dr. John Westfall. I'm an associate professor of psychology at Delta State University. And this podcast feed, wherever you found this episode, is the feed that I use for all of my classes in psychology, first year seminar, etc. And so if you enjoy this content, you can hear a wide variety of things. If you'd like to interact with the podcast, uh, we are hosted through anchor.fm. So you can just go to anchor.fm slash battling pickle slash message and send me a voice message and i'd love to include that and uh, hear from listeners whether you're in my class or not have an awesome day and i am glad that you spent some time with me